I guess what it really brings to mind is like, okay, if you're having a day where you're like, or a week or a month or a year where you're like, I really want to skip the gym. The thought or the question that comes to mind is like, how come this isn't more fun? Shouldn't it be fun? And is it necessary? Is it really that necessary? I think that those two questions are just always staring at at us in the face. And I think that the idea that the gym is supposed to be fun every day is that makes sense for the toothbrushing analogy. <laughs> it's a false expectation, you know? That's not fair. <laughs> Nothing's fun every day. Nothing yeah. that you do every day is fun. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. Welcome back, everyone. You came back. Welcome back. <laughs> For the 100th something, 39? No. 139th episode? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, we're somewhere around there. So we need like a, <laughs> we need someone who cares about that kind of thing in this scenario. You know how there's like always that like one prepared friend that came with like a backup on a backup on a backup and they know like everything you need to know. And yeah, they're like, you have recorded 140 episodes, 17 of them were awesome. <laughs> And the rest were you guys just messing around. <laughs> I really do think that we both, it's it's kind of rare to have two sisters that suffer in that department. Like usually it's one true. will like pick up the slack where the other one left off. We just show up. Hey, <laughs> hey, you, you want to do a podcast today? Hey, you. No, we just come as we are, you know. I mean, we stay true to who we are and we don't adjust even if it would be helpful. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I've made it this far. Is that... I'm a little bit distracted. I'm trying to start, but I'm a little bit distracted because I, what is that on your counter? <laughs> oh, my bug assault. <laughs> is that a Nerf gun? It's not a Nerf gun. It's a salt gun. Like salt, like that you would sprinkle in the winter. <laughs> on the driveway salt and it shoots out salt at spiders so you don't have to get close to them to, to vacuum them up or get them with a shoe you just stand from afar and you shoot them with this gun and yes i felt like this was necessary wait it shoots salt yeah yeah it shoots salt at the spider. <laughs> what does salt do to a spider? Um, I don't know. It kills it. It freezes it. I don't know. It does? Yeah. I, I practice. It's not a slug. <laughs> no, but it does. It, no, it really works. That's why it's a bug. Assault. <laughs> no, I think assault means... I don't think no, it means it's, salt no, in it. No, it says I think a. it means like it's an no, assault it's, on the bug. No, shut your mouth. It's <laughs> spelled okay. like this. Bug A... 
S A L T. <laughs> Bug assault. <laughs> so you've shot your salt from across the room at a spider, and what? It's 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 paralyzed it. Why is it on no, your counter? It, well, just in case <laughs> spiders come. Well, first of all, I was practicing against my wall because you were practicing for a future spider. Lonely. Yeah, just in case. Because you have to get locked and loaded. You got to take the safety off. It's. (laughs) It has a safety? It does. You'll shoot your eye. You'll shoot salt right in your eye. That shit will burn for days. No, but for real. And I, like, you know, I was locked and loaded and I was, like, walking around. Like, I was, like, pacing the apartment just to make sure we were projecting the perimeter. And I tried to fire off. Around at the wall, and what? and I was like, it didn't work, and so then I was just sitting there playing with it, and I got distracted by the TV, and I kept pressing buttons, and I pressed the safety, so I kept pressing the the um shooting the trigger, and then it just went off, and I was like, okay, this is why you'll shoot your eye out. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's harmless. It's just salt. Like there's there's salt at the top. A little thing of salt here. <laughs> I don't understand. Why can't you, you gonna just get one? I feel yeah, like, like you should have this. Wait, I, well, I'm interested, but why? First of all, I didn't know salt had any effect on spiders, so I'm confused. Like at the start, yeah, um, boom, gone, and you don't have to what? get up close. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to. Because my thing is, is if there's a spider on the ceiling. First of all, it's always on the ceiling. It's always on the ceiling. You got to get the, you got to drag a chair over, right? And then you got to like get the vacuum pieces and then you're like up near the ceiling. And then as soon as I get close enough, I just start screaming and drop the (laughs) vacuum. (laughs) And then I'm not sure. And then the vacuum with all of the dirt in it goes like flying. And I don't know if I actually got the spider. It's a, it's a whole thing. Well, then, well, where I get to is, like, I've sucked the spider up, but then I'm like, is it still alive in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then I'm like, could it crawl back out? For sure, I feel. Wait, so the salt kills the spider and then... And then you just go vacuum it up once it's dead. It's gone. Yeah. And you, from a safe distance, you just <laughs> you wow. have to get the whole screaming process. Wow. I was, you know, I, I, I had, this is funny because I had just texted Mark yesterday when he was at the office and I was at home with Rory. I had just texted him, help, there's a wasp. And yeah. There was, so there's, there was a wasp in the house. And he said when he came home, he was like, when you texted me that today, I have to admit, I went over to Craig's desk and I like said, Rachel just texted me. I might need to go home. There's a wasp in the house. And he said, like, it's kind of funny to me that like you're in, in soul charge of a four-year-old <laughs> human who has lots of needs and is constantly trying to kill himself. Yeah. And like you do, but like the only thing you'll text me during the day is like, there's a wasp in that. <laughs> and you are the one to come get it. And there is no other explanation or route to get this to wasp out. It's just like, you got to come and get it. And take care of this situation because I'm not even going to entertain doing it. <laughs> so maybe I just need, a, like, I don't understand why I can't just, like, sprinkle some salt. Like, can I no, just throw it? No, because it's, it's you know, it comes out with some force. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it's not just like the salt. I don't know the science. Someone's going to come with some science behind it. But it's like a salt bullet. <laughs> okay, okay. So basically you're hitting with them a sh- with a shoe and salting them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for all the spider lovers out there. First of all, who Sorry. are you and why? <laughs> <laughs> I understand to keep the mosquitoes away. I understand. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying no, I'm not we're not going to cozy up, you know, near my bed. No, and, you're on and the they're going to give me nightmares of crawling in my ears and my mouth. You eat an average of eight spiders in your lifetime. I, I think you eat more because you sleep with your damn mouth open. I eat less because I have trained myself to keep it shut. Plus you're done. <laughs> so. fear of the spiders. I mean, no, I'm good with it. Whatever. <laughs> I put some nasty things in my mouth. So <laughs> I'm <Christ>. spiders. <laughs> Can I say that? So uh, here's okay. So put that thing out of view. I can't look at it when we're doing this. It's so weird. It's so weird. Get it there. That's better. Okay. Okay. I really I love today's episode because I was (laughs) thinking a lot about this in my own life, of course, because it's like a really fine line. I feel like when you're thinking about skipping the gym. Skipping the gym. I said it. I said it. I said it out loud, Kels. Yes, we're talking about skipping the gym. When you're thinking about skipping the gym, there's always like this stream of consciousness that goes through your mind. And it starts off with like all the reasons like, oh, you know, my big toe has been killing me. I woke up multiple times last night. I, you, I forgot. You know what? these aren't even the right socks. I don't even like these socks. These are not the cushy ones. And you start with all of these reasons why like you, it would be better if you didn't work out today. And then like immediately after that, you start with all of the reasons why you are a piece of shit for not wanting to work out that day. And I feel like it's a really common thing to kind of go down this road of like, okay, I don't really want to work out, but am I just being a slacker? Like, do I actually need a rest? Is this like my needing a mental health day here? Is it would it be better for me to stay out of the gym? Or is that just a story I'm telling myself because I'm a lazy piece of garbage? And I do this a lot. And I feel like a lot of people do it where when they're kind of coming up against should I take a day off or not? It's like, do I really need this or am I just a sloth? Yeah, I think a lot of people grapple with those two parts of our brains, whether am I just a slacker or do I really need a break? And it's really hard to find a distinction between the two because you can go in so many different directions when you start to just ask yourself that question. And a lot of the end results that that, however you get there ends in some type of guilt right? It it just like you go through your different scenarios, whether you are someone who is going to just keep pushing through it. And am I going to get hurt? Am I just hurting myself at the end of the day? And then if you do get hurt, you're hit with that guilt too, that like I should have just taken a day off. And now I have to take three weeks off because I couldn't take a single day. And now what kind of person am I? I can't even listen to my body, blah, blah, blah. There's so many in both of the directions, whether you decide that you need a break or you're being a slacker, both of them end in a whole bunch of guilt. So I really just love the discussion around it because 
I think that everyone's asking themselves this question in their mind and we all think we're the only ones. Yeah. And the other thing is that makes it really difficult to distinguish is like every day is a different day you know? <laughs> and like, there's no blueprint to like, there's no flow chart of like, okay, these are my symptoms. Does this mean I need a mental health day? Or does this mean I'm being a slacker? Like there isn't any way on any given day that you can tell if your, your feelings are real and legit or if they're excuses. And I, well, first of all, I think that these are both extremes, right? Because like the road that you were talking about when you go down in your mind of like either no days off, I'm so motivated, there's no way I'm skipping a day ever forever, then inevitably get yourself sick or hurt. That is an extreme, right? And then there's the like sick, hurt or burnt out. Or burnt out. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's that. You know what? I that should absolutely be in there because it's actually probably the most common one is the like, I'm going to work out seven days a week. And then that lasts for like a month. And then you're like, I never want to work out ever again. So the burnout is so real. But whether it's that extreme where you find yourself sort of going overboard and and never wanting to take a day off and shaming yourself if you ever do. Or the other way where you're kind of like, so the sun was in my eyes. Like you tend to be kind of a, um, let me list all of the reasons why this isn't an ideal situation for me today. Um, Like any bump in the road kind of being used as a reason, making sure that those excuses are readily accessible and kind of avoiding any sign of discomfort. Like I really, this would be really hard and difficult for me. And I think it would just be better if, you know, I've I've had a really hard day. I've had a really hard year. I've had a really hard lifetime. And I don't really want another hard thing on top of that. So I'm just going to kind of veer away from that because I feel like I've done enough hard. And both of those are extremes and they both have their own set of negative consequences. And I think that it can be a really difficult road to navigate. Yeah. So I think we've talked about two things so far, right? We've talked about the ultra motivated person and the I can't because person. And what I want to make sure is heard loud and clear is that you are not either this person or that person. You are depending on the day, (laughs) one of those two things. And they can, you have days where you can be the ultra motivated person and you can be the I can't because person and you're still the same person. So I, I like when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that like, you know, our listeners or even me would, would identify more with one, one or the other when in fact they're just fluid and they just go with whatever the day is. And you can't, we can't give you a blueprint blueprint based on, are you an ultra motivated person? So every time you feel X, Y, and Z, you should respond in this way. And if you are, I can't because person, you should respond in this way. It doesn't work like that. You're going to have to decide within that day what you're feeling and what are your barriers that are stepping in your way and give you some tools to work with how you're feeling that day. 
I think that one of the best things that has come out of this incredibly overstressed and anxious society that we have right now is that there is more of a focus on mental health than there ever has been in the past. And I know that you as a mental health clinician love to see that because you're like, yeah, I've been here. I've been here helping people and me wanting to make this a priority. But like everybody else is kind of catching up to the idea now that like our mental health is just as important as our physical health and that the two are interconnected and that neither one should be sacrificed for the other, right? So I think that often when something sort of catches on like this, we latch onto it and tend to go to uh, whatever of the extreme that w- from what we were at before, whereas before it kind of seemed like, go to the gym or you're a lazy piece of crap. And now it's like, well, wait a minute, your mental health is really important. And I think that in that case, sometimes it can seem like, okay, well, I'm absolutely going to preserve my mental health over anything else. And if that means my physical health, then that's worth it. And we're so stressed and we're so anxious that I think it's really easy to say, not easy, but I think it's, I think it makes sense to say, Jesus, I do enough hard things in the day. Mm. Especially with how we viewed health and fitness in the past, right? Especially with the story that's been created with health and fitness, because it's been viewed as more of a a to-do, an extra stressor, an extra stressor on our body, an extra stressor on our day, another thing that we have to do on the list. Instead of viewing you know, taking care of our physical health as being part of taking care of our mental health, taking care of our body is also taking care of our mental health. And we have to find the balance between the two and allow them to work together where we can start to see you taking care of our physical health as part of our coping skills. And I think that that's a really new movement that people aren't, that are kind of getting used to seeing and hearing. And of course they go to the same extremes. Um, Something that I've heard recently is the gym is my therapy. I don't need therapy. The gym is my therapy. Let's back it up a little bit. It can be part, uh, it can be a tool in your toolbox, but we don't say, I don't need the rest of the toolbox because I have a screwdriver, right? Like the, we still need the hammer. (laughs) We still need some screws. You know, we still need a full picture of what we're looking at when it comes to our physical and mental health. I'm really glad you said that. And I'm also really glad that you brought up the kind of viewpoint of health and fitness being another thing on the to-do list because often, you know, we hear people in this space and they, and they have really good intentions of wanting to motivate people through kind of making health and fitness a task that is sort of as mundane as the rest of the things that you do, right? I've heard this a million times. Working out needs to be just like brushing your teeth right? Because the similarities are there. No matter how you might be feeling about brushing your teeth that day, it's something that needs to get done. If you don't brush your teeth, they're going to fall out. So you just understand it as something 
that needs to get done and you put it on your list no matter what. And you know that the consequences are too great to not do it. And I don't mind this analogy, honestly, because I get where it's coming from of saying like, okay, it's not about the right now. It's about the at 12 p.m. when my coworkers are running away from me. That's why I brushed my teeth or, you know, in five years when my teeth are falling out. That's why I brushed my teeth. But I I have a couple problems with this analogy. Number one, brushing your teeth takes three minutes. Okay. I don't think that's, and also you can do it naked in your underwear. Like, I don't think that that's comparable. And I don't think it's right to kind of compare something that takes three minutes and can be done half asleep to something that takes far more planning, time, and preparation. I think that is kind of dumbing down. I think your ability to plan to get to the gym is a huge victory. And I think making it like, yeah, it's just like brushing your teeth. Like, no, it's not. Yeah, I definitely hear that. I think that um, the the idea behind that is building a sustainable habit is one that comes second nature. And you know that you have to get new toothbrush heads every so often and you have to make sure you still have toothpaste and you have to have those things. But I think that the one of the major differences there is that you learn it at such a young age. It's so universal and it's so... I, I guess it's it's the same message from when you are a toddler to when you're an adult and you've practiced it over and over. And I think that the one of the main differences there is that health and fitness has created an extremely confusing message for a lot of people. It hasn't been because this is healthy for your body. It's been solely on the brightness of your smile, right? It's been solely on the look of your body and not what it can do, but what what it will look like to the rest of, you know, society. And this is how you do it. And smaller is better. And it should be suffering. And if someone told you every time you brushed your teeth, you should be suffering and you had to earn your sweets because you had to brush your teeth later, it would look a lot different for a lot of people. And I think that for me, when I see those differences, one of them, that's one of the main things that comes to mind is that there is so much confusing information for a lot of people. It's not just going there and doing this, you know, workout that everyone has been given since they were three years old and you know exactly where to get it. And you know that it's, what's the teeth people when it's, is this FDA approved? What's, all I can think of is Kevin from Home Alone asking, is this approved by, is this approved by the The National Dentist Association? National Dental Association. Like what's our national like health association for like, you know, getting good workout gear and equipment and information when the reality is, is that there is so much misinformation out there telling you that you don't need to brush your teeth. You actually just need to never eat sweets again. It's a very different message. You're so right. It's, it, it isn't ingrained since, I mean, think about like, has anybody ever come to you and said, yeah, you know, I'm starting back up brushing my teeth after, you know, three, <laughs> mo- three month hiatus. You're like, what? so what? <laughs> yeah. I expect my teeth to be pretty sore. Mm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
that's just not the same kind of thing. And I think that it's, it's kind of, I think it kind of makes people feel a little bit bad if they're kind of equating the easiness and all of the habit and like you said, like all of the knowledge that they've had since they were three years old on brushing their teeth. And it's just not there for working out. So I just don't feel like that's a really fair comparison. But the the base message I love. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's not, you know, the same three minutes and the electric toothbrush does all the work for you. It's not that. But the base message there is that you don't do it you don't do a thing because it's fun. You do a thing because it's necessary. Mm. Yeah. We are taking a quick break to tell you about our hot deal this week. Hot deal, hot deal. <laughs> it's hot deal. The deal of the week this week in our CBG Nation app is $15 off the mermaid skull shorts. Ooh, ow, that's a hot deal. So if you want to get your code for $15 off mermaid skull shorts this week only, August 23rd through the 29th. Make sure you get in our app, CVG Nation, and join the deal of the week section. That's what they're trying to convey with the teeth brushing methodology. And you know what? Sometimes you don't meet your two minutes every time. Or is it three minutes? I can't remember. Mine has a timer. But like sometimes you don't meet it and you don't say it was a failure. You said like, yeah, I still brush my teeth. Like (laughs) I still brush them. I didn't get this whole thing. And I think movement really needs to be viewed in a similar way. When we think about like, did you get to the gym? But did you move today? Like, did you go around? And I think a lot of moms, I mean, I've said this in the past, but I think a lot of moms underestimate how much time you're spending lifting and chasing a toddler. Like how much time you're really spent doing sprints during the day because they are off to their death. Oh, <laughs> always off to their death. They're marching towards their death. And they are and freaking fast. <laughs> And you are just sprinting on after them and how many times like your blood pressure rises during those times, I think is just a really underestimated part of movement for the day. And even just like, you know, getting to the grocery store, like movement is movement. And I just want to throw that part out there. I think it's important. And I also, I guess, I guess what it really brings to mind is like, okay, If you're having a day where you're like, or a week or a month or a year where you're like, I really want to skip the gym. The thought or the question that comes to mind is like, how come this isn't more fun? Shouldn't it be fun? And is it necessary? Is it really that necessary? I think that those two questions are just always staring at at us in the face. And I think that the idea that the gym is supposed to be fun every day is that makes sense for the toothbrushing analogy. <laughs> it's a false expectation, you know? It's not fair. Nothing's fun every day. Nothing yeah. that you do every day is fun. That just, those two things don't match up. Like, so I was thinking of my own analogy of yes. like, Come at me with your analogy okay, because I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm okay. I don't know if this is going to make sense to anyone else. So I'm just, well, just it I'm makes going sense to me, way. but sometimes we can't judge like that. No, because <laughs> you're like, oh, so there's two people in the universe that make sense too. <laughs> That's about it. All right. Here's my analogy. All right. Getting to the gym 
on days you want to, you don't want to go. It's kind of like bringing your cat to the vet, right? Okay. Here's what, stay with me, stay with me. Your cat is going to hiss the minute you take out the cat carrier. Check. You, um, you know that you're probably going to get scratched up by that MFR when you're trying to squish him in the door and shut it. Like you're definitely going to get some scratches. The whole entire car ride there, that cat is going to meow like a little bitch. Oh no, please don't let me out of this cat carrier. I can't do it. I can't go. And make you feel like a horrible person the entire way there. And all of these are signs, signs, quote unquote, to turn back and go home. Doesn't really, does Fluffy really need the vet? I mean, there's so many reasons why this is way too hard and we should just turn back. Fluffy, we'll try it another day. But the fact is, and, and honestly, it would be better for your mental health to turn the car around and bring Fluffy back home. You'd have less scratches. You would not have to hear that goddamn meowing the whole time. And <laughs> overall, less stressful day. <laughs> yes. Like your day would be significantly less stressful if you could just go home, go on the couch and pet Fluffy until he bites you inevitably. Because <laughs> I don't know why they're always, they, you, there's only a certain amount of pets. And then they bite it's you. Like, ah. I hate you. I was like, you were enjoying this one oh cat ago. <laughs> I even when I had a cat, I tried to count like to see what was the number, and I couldn't even get it. Was it was different every day? I don't know why we were having so much fun. Why are you biting? But the fact is, is you don't turn back. You bring Fluffy to the vet appointment because, like, what if he has worms? What if he needs some shots because, like, that hussy cat down the street? is, you know, been coming around the house too much and you don't know what she's got. Like in the short term, it would make so much more sense to just turn around. But you know that you have a responsibility to that cat because you've signed up for it. You've said, I'm taking care of this damn cat. And that means that he needs to go to the vet and it's not going to be great and it's not going to be fun. And, but I, it's necessary. I have to do right by him because he's under my care. That's how I think we need to kind of view excuses setting in for the gym. Is this doing right by me? Is if I was in charge of me, which you are, but if you were under the own care of yourself, we don't often think about ourselves like that. But like, if you were your own cat, would you say, no, you have to go. I don't care that you don't really want to go fluffy. Like you're going because it's important. It's necessary. Because I care for you. Yeah. Because I care for you. And I think that that is a much better way to kind of view the decision rather than when you're looking at all of the things that are going wrong and how much more stressful this is making your life. But like in the end, that cat is going to be taken care of and healthier because you did the hard thing. Yeah. You know, ultimately what we continue to ask ourselves and each other and you guys is that you care for yourself like you would care for something else that's under your care, that you speak to yourself like something else that's under your care, whether that's a child or a dog or a cat or whatever that's under your care is that you treat yourself at least with the same care and respect that you would that thing. 
I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think that's too much to ask. And some days you're going to say, you know what, Fluffy? You don't got to go to the vet today. Not today, <laughs> bitch. Not today. You're the devil. We're home and we're going to snuggle and that's fine until you bite me. <laughs> and that's fine. And some days that is the right decision for you both long term. And some days the right decision for you both long-term is to get to the vet. And ultimately when you're sitting there and you're asking yourself this question, am I looking, am I looking for excuses or do I need a necessary break? When you're asking yourself that day, ultimately what you need to ask yourself is what's good for me? How would I be taking care of me right now? Like, and not just with the immediate, oh, it would take care of me if I could just lay down. Like, ultimately, how would you feel better? Like, are you going, because I know I've asked myself this before and on days that I have felt, you know, really um, tired or run down or ultimately sometimes just sad. And I've said to myself, okay, I've played out the scenario. Okay, I could go home and I could just sit down and just be alone and be sad. And, and that might feel better for me some days. But I think that on some days I say like, that will actually make me feel worse. Like I am not going to crush it today, but I'm going to move a little. And you find that in between where you kind of go like, no, I'm not coming in here like the warrior beast that I know lives inside. I'm not coming in here with an amazing attitude. I'm just coming in to move and ultimately I will feel better when I go home at the end of the night because I'll had some movement in, I'll have honored something that I said I was going to do today and that makes me feel good and I will have been able to get some part, some to one of the tools in my toolbox to use, but not overuse. Yeah. And I think you brought up a really good thing, which is like, we often think that taking the road of less resistance is going to lead for, lead to some kind of like mental rest and relief and that like, okay, if I go home and just, you know, kick my feet up, oh, that'll be just exactly what I need. But when you play it forward with the knowledge that you have about yourself, if you're actually going to go home and feel shame the rest of the night about the fact that you didn't do the thing that you were said you were going to do today and that you kind of let the day get the best of you and anxiety get the best of you and the hard road was was just a little too hard and you're going to beat yourself up over that for the rest of the night and then tomorrow, is that a mental health exercise there? Exactly. Well, by your mental health, that's not like that's not what you were looking for at all. You were looking for a break and and a rest and recovery for your mental health. But that's not going to happen if all of that guilt and anxiety sets in about the fact that you didn't get there. So it's kind of counterproductive. So, and the other thing that I want to say about that, you know, just using that analogy is like, listen, if you can't get there, even if you, maybe you show up with scratches, you got there. If you just can't get there and you have to call and reschedule the vet appointment, whatever, but you reschedule it, right? 
You don't say, hello, um, this is Fluffy's mom. And no, no, it's going to be a no from us. It's going to be a no from us. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) You should see my arms, okay? (laughs) That's not, no. You call and say, like, listen, okay, whoa, uh, he couldn't do it. But, hey, um, I want to reschedule. And maybe next time, the obstacles that were in my way, like, can I get a sedative for Fluffy? Like, can Anything that you saw as an obstacle the first time, you make an effort to eliminate it to make it a little bit easier to get into the vet the next time because you're going to reschedule, right? You're not just going to cancel. And I think that that is a real fear for people when they take a day off, the over, the overachieving, motivating, crazy lunatics that are like, I, if I take a day off, I'll never go back. Of course you will. Of course you will. If you take a day off, it is not a surrender for the rest of your life. It is just a reschedule. That's Mm. all. Yeah. And I think you really need to answer. Yeah, I know. Well, I think you need to really answer that question when you ask yourself, like, if I take a day off, what does that mean? And I have found myself answering that question more times than I would like to, because I tend to go with like, that means I am not committed to my goals. That means I am lazy. It means I'm all of these things that I'm not. And now I've decided that one decision for today with whatever was good today means that I am some type of person (laughs) and it just doesn't. It really just doesn't. If you decide one day that you need a rest day, that doesn't mean that you are now lazy and that you're never going back to the gym and that you've broken all your habits and now you've fallen off the wagon. And that's why I really, really hate that phrase of falling off the wagon. There's no wagon. You didn't get run over because we make all of these assumptions about ourselves based on a few decisions that have now you know, spiraled into more decisions, but they only spiraled because we made those assumptions about ourselves. And then we're a self-fulfilling prophecy. We make the assumptions about ourselves. That's a person we are. And then we're going to live up to being that person. Yeah. It would kind of be like if you showed up to the vet all shameful that you had to cancel that appointment and like, I'm the worst cat mom in the world. And you walked around telling everyone that you were a horrible cat mom because you couldn't keep that appointment. And then all of a sudden that becomes your truth. And that was never the truth. And it never had to be. That was just an individual decision. And that decision just stops there. It stops there if you let it stop there and not let it spiral into who you are and your entire story. I think that just a couple of tips would be helpful if you're having a hard time with this, a hard time decision making on when is the appropriate time to take a rest day or when you're being slacker or when you're being lazy because there is no blueprint. But one of the things that I think can really help people when they're getting started with this is to make sure that their rest days are planned in the beginning of the week. Everything is a schedule, right? So then it's not really like, hmm, should I work out today? It's like, well, I'm really tired, but today is a workout day, but tomorrow's a rest day. So I just, if I can just get today done, then I'll have my tomorrow to rest. And I think that having that rest day to look forward to is A, healthy, and B, really can keep you moving on the days where you're like, oh my God, there's nothing I'd rather not do. But if you have the rest day scheduled and planned, it's something to look forward to. 
Yeah. People <laughs> tend to not, sometimes don't agree with this, but people thrive on a schedule. <laughs> they thrive when they know what's going to happen next. And especially in a world that maybe you feel is unpredictable or with increasing anxiety, this is proven fact. If you have fe- some feelings of anxiety in your life, knowing what's going to happen next is just calming. Is just a calming part of your day. So even if it's not something you're necessarily looking forward to, knowing that it's there and that you can count on it is going to ease the anxiety no matter what. And I think with the planned rest days, I mean, I follow this and I think it's so super important. You know, even when things come up, I say like, you know, a date comes up and I'm like, no, I don't go on dates on Wednesdays. I go on dates on Thursdays. <laughs> So we can either work with that or don't because I have a schedule to keep and it keeps me sane and it makes me feel less anxious knowing that I keep that schedule. And the best part about that is, is that you don't, that that time dedicated, you can adjust the intensity based on how you're feeling, but you still show up. Well, that was my my second tip, which was if you do come under a situation where you need to take a rest day where it wasn't planned, like, for example, you're sick, you're too tired or too sore to complete like an intense session rather than throwing the whole thing in the trash can and like going to sit on the couch. I think that it's really important to keep that hour or whatever you've dedicated, the half hour, whatever, whatever you've dedicated for your time for your workout, keep it, but do something different. So if you're going to say, okay, I'm way too sore to lift weights today, take your hour that you were going to lift and just go for a walk. If you are way too tired to go for a run because your work day just like got completely out of control and it is a run day, you just know that it wouldn't be productive for you, do a, like a really gentle yoga session with that time. Keep the, keep the time. I think that that is a really important thing. And one more thing, you know, you're not going to like this, Kelsey, but I think that beyond just having a planned rest and recovery day or two or three planned during the week, you also need to have one to two weeks completely off of working out per year. Now, hang with me on this. When you're working a full-time job, It is not going to lead to your maximum productivity if you are just working for the weekends until eternity. Okay. Knowing having you, you're having a week or two weeks paid vacation is something that keeps you going. It keeps you motivated. It keeps you working hard all year because you're like, I'm going to get my break. I'm going to go to the lake house. I'm going to do my thing. And I think that that same thing needs to be applied to the gym because it is sort of a job that you're doing and it needs, you need to have breaks from it. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree from you decide what those breaks look like. For some people, those breaks look like you are still getting movement in. It's just not in the gym. And it's like on a mountain or on like going outside and doing some like like some kind of a workout, some kind of a movement outside. But I think it's really important 
to change that up a little bit. And I think that's a perfect amount of time when it comes to like a week or two weeks, like in the year, in the big scheme of things, that's, you're not losing anything there. And I, I just want to reassure you of that. You're not, you, you know, you haven't lost any massive gains during that time. And if anything, if your mind needs that break from that same, that same look, that same gym, that same intensity kind of a thing all the time, you'll come back with a fresh set of eyes with, you know, a new start of what you, you, what you're there for, what you want to feel that for. And I think that that just applies to everything, even if we really enjoy it, you know, in a relationship, people take a week apart and then they come back and they realize that they, you know, really enjoy each other's company, but they've been around each other so damn much that they forgot these things that they really enjoy about each other. So I just think that with any task that you have or that you see on a, on a daily basis, um, that that little break can be really helpful. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, should you work out when you don't want to, the only person that can really decide that is going to be you. Some people are going to question the effect on their mental health if they constantly push through difficult things that they don't want to do. Some people question the effect on their mental health when they don't push through difficult things that they don't want to do. You got to find your balance. You got to, you got to consider it yourself. You got to think of yourself as your cat and you got to say like, would I make my cat go anyway? And you are going to know the answer is there, but make sure that you're setting yourself up in these ways to win. Make sure that you have those planned rest days. Make sure that you have a plan for going to the gym so that way you're not circling and lost. Make sure that the things are in place to be successful and then the knowing will just come. It, you will know what is going to be the best thing for you. You just have to practice it a little bit. And, you know, you can always try trial and error. <laughs> go on some days where you really didn't want to and mm. say, did that work out? Yeah. And then you have to think back to those days and realize and like really, really remember them because I, I know that this has happened to me where I've like shown up and been like, I'm just going to do the warm up and then have made it through the entire session. And I've been so glad that I did that. I just decided to get through the warm up and get some gentle movement in, you know, like, or even, you know, coming back from being sick and saying like, well, I'm just going to get some gentle movement in and like, how does this feel for me? And each time you do that, you really just develop that confidence in yourself too. You know, you're like, I made this decision and now I'm thinking back on it and it was a good one for me. And I would like to feel that again. Yeah. Like I, it's hard to remember those things, but you got to try. And I, and you're neither a slacker or mm. a badass. Okay. Yeah. You are neither of those every day. All right. Give yourself some grace to find out which is the appropriate one today and you'll know. So get there or take a break, but either way, do what feels like the right thing for your cat. <laughs> take care of yourself like your cat. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. 
This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out constantlyvariedgear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.